We're glad that you came today. You know, the story of the church is an amazing story. What started with a handful, handful of followers 2,000 years ago in a small geographic location has grown to over a billion plus followers today all around the world. I think it's important for us as we look today at the church to understand the difference between the universal church and the local church. The universal church is the church of all people at all times in all places. What gets you to be in the universal church is just by virtue of being a Christian. The local church is small gatherings of the universal church where people come together in community and celebrate Christ as a community. It's interesting that the Greek word for church is ekklesia, which means assembly or gathering. We've been gathering here together in the local church for three years. Now, Robert and I sometimes disagree about when the church started. But three years ago on May 15th, three days ago, is when we had our first formal gathering at Dueling Hall for worship. You remember that? Today, I'll do, I'll do a little survey. If you're in this room today and you were a part of that first small group of people at Lee and Terry Bowie's house sometime in March of 2011... I want you to stand up. Wow, it's pretty good retention. All right, now as we go through this, you only have to stand once. You don't have to keep standing, so y'all can be seated. All right, if the first time that you experienced Fondren Church was at Brent's on April the 10th, 2011, there's about 40 of us, would you stand up? Okay, good. If your first experience was with Fondren Church in those monthly meetings in May, June, and July of 2011, you stand up. We added a few people. Will? Okay. <laughs> Glad to have you, Will. All right, now, we started monthly, weekly meetings in, in August of that year. So if sometime in the fall of 2011 you started attending Fondren Church... Stand up. Sometime in the fall. Y'all remember those five and seven o'clock meetings at night in August? Okay. Now, in 2012, we're getting a little bit wide here, but if you started attending after 2011 and 2012, would you stand up? All right. Now, 2013, which was last year, we're still in Dueling Hall. Anybody that started coming in 2013? Now, some of y'all are standing twice, so you're confused. <laughs> All right, two more categories. Before we moved into this building in 2014, anybody join us then? A few of you? Okay. And what about after we've moved into this place on March 30th of this year? Any new ones? Pastor Ty back there with Willen Hills. <laughs> Appreciate it, Pastor Ty. Make sure, make sure we pass the plate back there, okay? 
If you haven't stood up, then I didn't do a very good job of explaining, but we're glad you're here. And it's interesting to see how God has taken this journey over the past three years and brought us to this, this place. And today's going to be a really, really important day, um, we think, in the life of our church as we move toward covenant membership. There's a guy named David Kinneman that is the president of the Barna Group, which is a research organization, and they did a really intensive study on what some 20 and 30-somethings, both churched and unchurched, thought about, perceived the local church to be. And here is what uh, we found. He found that 87% of them thought the church was judgmental. 85% thought the local church was hypocritical. 78% thought the church was old-fashioned. 75% thought the church was too involved in politics. 70% thought it was too, that should be insensitive, I'm sorry, insensitive to others. I mean, can you be too sensitive to people? (laughs) 68% thought the church was boring. Now that's, that's a lot different than what the church looks like in Acts 2, where they live together in harmony, they all were together for a common bond, and they even sold their possessions to make sure everyone's needs were met. So today, to kind of combat that a little bit, we thought it would be important for us to hear from some of you that have been along the journey with us about what local church means to you, as well as what this local church has meant to you over the last three years. So if those would come on up that I've invited um, to join us today. All right, I'm gonna introduce these guys because they mean a lot to us, mean a lot to me, and. Uh, you won't know all of them, but you might know some of them, but it's good that you'll know their names. This is Rob and Catherine Puckett. Um, Rob works in a family business here, Puckett Machinery. Cat teaches at Jackson Academy. They're a great young couple. I got to go to South Africa with Cat and got to know her really well. This is Josh and Amelia Metcalf. They have four children, Abigail, Emily, JJ, and Daniel. Josh is an attorney here. Me works in the home, uh, as anyone would have to with four children those sizes, and she does an amazing job. Next to them is John Maxwell. John is a playwright, a writer, a teacher, an actor. Uh, He also organized and is the founder of an organization called Fishtail Group, which is spreading the gospel through drama uh, throughout the, the state in the southeast. Um, next is Brad Dorman. Brad works uh, with his dad, sells a, a lot of different things, uh, but I've known Brad for a little while. It, uh, uh, Brad's also in seminary. God's called him to be a part of ministry, and uh, we're excited that Brad's up here. He is married to the lovely Lauren. Who, Lauren, stand up so they can see you. That's Lauren. She teaches in Canton, Northeast Madison. Okay. Okay, Canton. Okay. So we're glad Lauren's here. This is Austin and Lydia Moore. Uh, Austin is a civil engineer, works here in town, and Lydia is a personal trainer for Blue Cross Blue Shield. So if, uh, if y'all have some needs in that area, she probably could give you some, some, some pointers. And uh, last but not least, Jonathan and Jenny Grantham. Jenny's a pharmacist in the Kroger organization, and Jonathan owns a men's store in Mendenhall. I would suggest you go there. He's very, very good at what he does. And uh, this is Jonathan Grantham. So we're excited that they're here today, and we're excited that they're going to open up a little bit uh, for you for the next few minutes about what local church means. And I want to start over here with Jonathan and Jenny because you've heard Robert's perspective about kind of the catalyst of this church and how God called he and Susan to it. 
And it was his small group from his previous church that really got behind him and jumped in, but we've not heard from one of their perspectives. So I'm going to ask them to kind of share in that experience and what what this local church has meant to them over the last three years. Uh, Yeah, well, um, you know, we had an awesome small group uh, in another church that we were in, and Robert was a part of that, and we were really lucky to get in the small group that we got in. Um, It was really a God thing, just everybody coming together and you know, mixing the way we did. Um, but there was always something really cool about the leadership that we had in that small group. Um, you know, not necessarily the lessons being laid out a certain way or anything like that, but just the leadership, the godliness, the community, and, and the involvement in each other that we really liked that was just family. You know, I mean, we really cared about each other. And, you know, when you look around, I see a lot of these same faces, or all the same faces that were in the small group with us. Um, and when Robert said, hey, you know, we're going to start a church, you know, we were like, man, you've got a pretty much a dream job, you know, uh, but after that, I mean, right when he said that, you know, we were pretty much on board just saying, hey, we're in, you know, whatever, and I, I think that it's, it wasn't necessarily us following a man, and the church shouldn't follow a man, but it does take a great leader to lead a church. And uh, that's what we saw in him. That's what we saw in the small group. And, you know, from that core uh, that we had in there, we, we didn't think anything but great could come from it. And here we are. And it's just been amazing to be a part of the local church like this. What about you, Jenny? What's been the most challenging thing since you've been here probably for you? Well, I, I feel like this church has really challenged me to get more involved and to lead a small group. And in December, I had the opportunity to go to South Africa. And I've, I've always felt a heart for missions. And um, I feel like God just really opened the door to allow me to be able to go on that trip. And we had a group of 12 people that went. And I know we didn't really know each other very well before going, but... We just really had some amazing experiences, and it was just such a wonderful um, experience to be able to share Christ with others in another country and just to be the hands and feet of the church in another country. And um, we just had developed some friendships and some bonds that I feel like can never be taken away and just strengthen my relationship um, with God and, and with them. So I... Um, I'm just really thankful to be a part of a church that supports both local and international missions. Okay. Speaking of South Africa, Kat, you went on that trip. So give us your kind of perspective on the local church and the ability to go and and do that kind of work. Well, um, for me, international missions has never been something I was super involved with or interested in. I always thought it was a noble cause, but I never grew up around that and didn't really, that was just not a part of my upbringing and not really... um, option and so I guess just going to Fondren and hearing okay um, <laughs> just hearing so many people talk about the interna- international missions and the hard places in South Africa and I read a book one weekend about a girl that moved to Africa and I finished it on a Saturday night and Sunday we were sitting in church and Robert announced that we were going to be taking a trip to South Africa and I just looked at Rob and I said and I'm going to go and um, the Lord just stirred my heart and um, just has given me a heart for missions, and um, we had an amazing trip, and I didn't know any of the people going. I had, my sister-in-law went with me, but we left, and we came back as close as some of my very best friends went on that trip now, and um, I know for me and Rob, 
we did not have an interest in it at all when we got married and now we look forward to being able to go together as a married couple and take our family there and allow them to see other parts of the world and how blessed we are to live here. So for us, it's just completely changed how we even want to raise our children. It's just a domino effect of something that we want to be able to share together with our family. And it's all because, obviously, what the Lord did for me, but it started here in this church with the people that were so passionate about local and international missions. Okay. It's challenging when you get married to find a church that you can both agree on and that you can come together and feel like God's called you there. So, Rob, talk a little bit about how that experience for y'all were with this church. Um, Catherine and I both felt uh, it it was important for us as we started uh, our marriage that uh, we get involved in a church and that we, more importantly, choose a church that uh, is right for us, um, that we both agreed on. and it was a choice for ourselves. We, we both attended churches uh, growing up uh, with our parents, and we went to Sunday lunch you know, afterwards, and we attended, and we, we heard the, the message and the music, and, and that was the extent of our involvement, uh, to be honest. And it's been important for us as a married couple um, to get plugged in and to be a part uh, of the church and, and not be a taker, but to be a giver, um, because that's what our church experience was like. Prior to joining Fondren Church, and uh, being a new church, it's been exciting to see all the changes, to, to feel a part of those changes and, and growth. Um, and also just the, the community. Um, we've had been in a few different small groups, but the, the small group we've been in uh, most recently, we've been together for almost two years, I guess, in the fall, and of other young married couples. And it's just good to have um, that support group, that community, that accountability. Uh, and it's really benefited uh, our marriage early on. So. Okay, thanks. Uh, Austin, Lydia, I've known Austin a long time, um, probably since he was 14 or 15 years old. And he, he may not know this story, but, you know, when, uh, when uh, I met Robert in, the, in this December of 10, and we, we were praying through Gay and I's involvement in this church, um, there was a night where um, I was at a wedding of one of his friends, and he was there, and um, we had the privilege of leading a Bible study of these guys when they were in high school in our house, and, and uh, at that wedding, I looked around that room, and there was eight or ten of those guys, and, um, and God spoke to me as audibly as he's ever spoke, and he said, it's really not about then, it's about now, because as I looked at those guys, None of them are really plugged into the church. You know how hard it is after college to really just get involved in the church? So I called Robert on the way home that day and uh, that night from that wedding, and, and that was my sign that Gay and I were to be a part of this, but uh, Austin was a piece of that. And, and there's at least six of them that are a part of this church now, so that's, that's a powerful thing. But, but Austin, tell us a little bit about the challenges and what this church has meant to you, and, and especially as, as we challenged you to lead a small group. Um, you know, how, how did that work with you guys? Well, uh, like the Granthams, we also came from a, a big church out by the reservoir, but um, we didn't follow the bald pastor there. We followed Gary here, <laughs> uh, the partially balding guy. Um, anyways, um, you know, we attended church there and never really got involved and heard about this opportunity, and um, it just really felt like family. It was small at the time, but it still feels small to us. Um, we're able to just get plugged in, get connected, uh, serve through the church, uh, we had tried small groups in the past, and um, it didn't work out for us. We came here, we're like, you know, hey, we'll try small groups again. It may work. And uh, we got involved with the McLeod small group, and uh, we've met just some 
lifelong friends. I think it was about a group of 18 in that small group. And um, it's, it's folks we still hang out with on a daily basis. I had dinner with two couples this weekend. Um, just awesome people and just the connectedness um, in the church and uh, getting to know people that way. And um, I guess we were in their small group for probably about two years. And Gary called me up. Uh, was when the church was growing, there was a need for more leaders. And uh, he called and said, hey, I want you to lead a small group. It wasn't, hey, do you want to lead a small group or how do you feel about it? I said, you know, Gary, I'm honored that you would think of me that way. I said, but I'm, I'm not qualified to lead a small group. And he said, he said, just pray about it. And I was like, all right, we will. So Lydia and I prayed and um, we, we were definitely called to lead a small group. And um, uh, we've been doing that for a year and a half, two years now, but I'll let Lydia talk a little bit about that experience um well at first it was um it was hard because we loved our small group with the mcleods and you know change is always difficult too we really we just felt like at first like also said that we weren't qualified you know we're by no means bible scholars at all but um we felt the call and honestly one of the best things that we've experienced through leading a small group is um growing in our marriage Every week, um, we do the Bible study together, um, we pray together, and the accountability, um, it's nothing like having your husband as your accountability partner when it comes to staying in the Word and um, in your prayer life. So it's really helped us grow, um, not only individually, um, but also as a married couple. And then it was great when we started our next small group, um, God just put some more amazing people in our lives, and we've made friends with another group um, that we love and we share life together. We pray for each other. Um, we know that if we ever need anything, um, we can count on them. They can count on us. And um, it's just been an incredible experience. And um, I'm really thankful for Fonder Church for giving us this opportunity. Okay. Josh and Amelia, um, they've been involved since real, real early. They were there at Lee and Terry's house. And um, uh, y'all share a little bit about using your giftness because no one has served like you guys have served. I mean, um, y'all have served unbelievably. And so, you know, share a little bit about your experience with that. Amelia, you want to go? Well, I mean, I've got kids, so obviously I'm kind of good at that. And so <laughs> from the beginning, I think it was a need. They needed us at the nursery, and I have my own experience with that. So I got to plug myself in there, and it was just, it was great to, to get to know the, the new families that were joining us and kind of get to know the kids that my kids would be playing with one day. And, um, and then when there was a need for, as we kind of grew and they added first through third grade and then we needed a fourth through sixth grader group, it's been really, it's been really awesome because before I had kids, I was a middle school teacher. And so I was like, I can do this. This I can get, you know, babies, it's just changing diapers and loving on them. But uh, I got to to use the things that I've studied in college and had experience with. And, um, and it's been fantastic getting to know um, all the different boys and girls that uh, come to the church and their parents. And um, the, these, are, these are the kids that my kids hopefully are going to grow up with. Mm. And I know them and um, have gotten a chance to see, just see them grow. And Josh, yeah, Josh, Josh is one of our elders and uh, has just really, really... Um, helped us tremendously in kind of what he's brought to the table with, with helping us with leadership. But share a little bit about your experience. Well, I guess like me, 
Denise that we've been here from early on. We also were at Pine Lake and we said that we could never see ourselves leaving, although if Robert ever started a church, then uh, <laughs> that, that's the one scenario we saw um, happening. Um, and when we were there, we were involved in, in leading small groups, very um, involved in the church, but we live on State Street, just you know, a mile from here, so it was very difficult going all the way out there, drop kids off, go to some place to, to lead a small group, go pick kids up and then drive back here. And so we've been, we're very excited when we kind of had the opportunity to jump in on the ground floor here at Fondren because it's, it's, it's our neighborhood church. I mean, it's, it's right here. Um, and it, it's so important to get involved. And you know, we're gonna be talking about membership and I'll you know, throw the gauntlet down. Membership is not like being in a country club where you go and you get to use the pool and the tennis court and whatever, and it's what can what comes back to you. It's it's what you what you give, um, and you know we we've been very involved. Um, you know that I'm an attorney. I, I don't sing. I don't I you know, don't I don't do um, you know a lot. I can't be in the choir. I can't you know there are a lot of things I can't help out with, but. You know, I've been very involved as we've been trying to work with Woodland Hills to, um, you know, work out how we handle the, this this building and the relationship between the churches and, um, you know, some of the more technical things like that. And I know we've got a, we've got a lot of attorneys in the church. It's kind of, uh, I'm sure there's a joke there somewhere, <laughs> a number of attorneys here. Um, <clears throat> But you've got to find the ways that, that you can plug in and give back to the church, and it's not always just the obvious, um, the obvious things of teach a kids class. Um, although you know we have been involved with the college kids, and, um, but I, I guess that's what I would say. I would just really encourage you um, to get involved, to figure out what your place is and how you can give back to the church, and not just not view this as a place to come on Sunday and. Get a good message and then go away for a week. Okay. Now, Brad here, Brad and I have known each other for several years, and uh, Brad has uh, felt the call to ministry, and uh, so he's kind of worked his way through that. But let's talk about that from the perspective of not only seminary and what this church has meant to you, but also, you know, seeing a church plan in action. Right. Uh, first, I'd just like to thank everybody at Finer Church for uh, helping me get through seminary. Um, Robert uh, met with me, I guess, a little over a year and a half ago, and Robert and Gary, and uh, they've put up a third of my tuition throughout seminary. So uh, without, without that, I wouldn't be able to go there. Um, as Gary said earlier, my wife teaches at uh, Northeast Madison Middle School, and we just I'm not able to work full-time being in school full time. So I, I'm very grateful for what y'all have done for me. Um, as somebody that wants to plant a church one day, it was important to me to be at a church that views church planting as important. Um, so it was uh, an interesting opportunity to be able to see this from the very beginning um, and how they've gone from meeting at Brent's to meeting in Dueling to where we are today. Um, it was, it's just, I've learned a lot of just information on how to plant a church that I never would have gotten from seminary. So it's been a, a blessing to me uh, to be able to sit under Robert and to learn um, from him, even uh, to something like sitting with him a few Fridays ago and him giving me pointers on how to plant a sermon. Um, that's just invaluable information that I would never 
have received if I was not a member here. So uh, it's, it's been extremely important to me uh, to be part of the covenant community in a, the local church, uh, to one day go out and plant on my own. Um, and to know that Robert has supported me through this has just been uh, a blessing. Okay, great. You know, the churches too often become a destination and not an airport. The churches need to be looked more like airports where we bring people through and send them out. And we want to be that church. We want to be that church that helps people like Brad that feel the call of God to go out and not only just send him out, but give him resource and give him people and give him the things he needs to be successful. Now, my friend John Maxwell. Oh, my God. Uh, John, John and I. Why did you say it like that? <laughs> John and I met, uh, I'll never forget, we met for the first time in the little breezeway at Dooling Hall, and he gave me his phone number, and we got together, and uh, he's just become a really, really dear friend to me. To me. And, uh, but, you know, when I met John, John had just come through an experience being a little disenchanted with church, and he showed up at Fonder, and so um, sh- share your thoughts. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> wow. Um, uh, to... to to tell you, uh, to share this experience, um, I'm going to share something very personal um, because it is part of my journey in, in getting to this church. Um, I, I went through a divorce about three years ago, and it's interesting that three years ago this uh, church was founded. Um, and anybody who's been through a divorce uh, knows it's a very painful experience. Even the best of divorces is a death, and uh, not, not anything anybody would want wish on anybody else. So this was a perfect time for me to leave the church I was in because I had been disenchanted with it for a lot of reasons. Um, And so I started to wander. I just really didn't know what I was looking for. So I just kind of started wandering. As a matter of fact, part of me said, just don't go to church. Um, You know, listen to your friends and say that, you know, the sky is the sanctuary and the um, trees are the temple. Uh, just uh, be a nature lover and, and uh, sleep late on Sundays and drink coffee and watch uh, Sunday morning on television and uh, you know and that was appealing to me at that time very appealing to me because I'd left a church that was uh, I was dissatisfied with so I didn't know what I was looking for I just floated around trying to find something um, and Bob Pennebaker asked me to lunch one day and uh, he was hooked on Brennan Manning's book, uh, Ruthless Trust, which is a terrific book. And I got hooked on Manning, and he, he said, um, you ought to go to church at Fondren Church. It's a church that meets in Fondren Auditorium. Immediately I said, well, to myself, this is some small Pentecostal church. They're going to, you know, they're going to drink strychnine. And gonna... uh, so I said, I don't want any part of that. And, uh, yeah, well, snakes, that was a snake. Uh, so uh, there you go. Uh, it proves what I thought right there. So uh, kind of on a hunch, uh, one Sunday morning, I decided I would go. And so I walked into uh, Fondren Auditorium, and uh, there was a new energy, uh, not necessarily a young energy, uh, although there was a lot of young energy there, but there was a new energy. And it was a, an energy that uh, I had not experienced in the other churches that I had visited at the time. And uh, so I was immediately captured by that new energy. Uh, it may have been the coffee. I don't know, but it was, it was a new <laughs> energy. 
And so I walked in there with this new energy and um, met, uh, again, um, uh, Saul Gary, and uh, um, the music was terrific. It was what I had been looking for because it was so loose and free. Um, and then Robert got up and spoke, and everything went down <laughs> downhill after that. Uh, now, what was beautiful about Robert is, I'm going to pump smoke a little bit, um, was that he had this wonderful, wonderful sense of humor and uh, a brilliant communicator. And, but he wore his heart on his sleeve. And, and I'm, I'm 69 years old, and one of the things I've learned in being 69 years old, you can trust people who wear their heart on their sleeves. And, and so I immediately attached myself um, to this communicator and to this church. Um, and, and all of a sudden, I, I found a new energy that made me want to go back again. Um, now, I'm going to say that... Do I, a little more time. A little more time. Um, I, I, I roll your eyes at this, but um, an artist always, and I, I'm vain enough to call myself an artist. We, uh, we know far more than any of you. <laughs> but uh, I'm vain enough to call myself an artist, and what an artist does is an artist depends on, and roll your eyes now, the little boy or the little girl that's in your soul. The little boy in me left after my divorce. I looked for the little boy and I couldn't find him. And that vulnerability in that little boy was scared to come back. And when I walked into the church the first time, I said to myself, this is the romper room for the Holy Spirit. And the more I went back to that romper room, that little boy began to come back to me. And I began to realize that in the vulnerability of that little boy was Jesus. And so that, as much as anything, is what brought me back. The little boy wanted to come back. Thanks, man. You know, as you've heard from all these guys today, and you've all got your own stories, and we could be here all afternoon, to, to hear them all, and maybe one day we'll get to, because we want to be a church that shares stories about people. But we want you to understand today, as we move through this time of membership, how important you are to this journey, and what a great opportunity you have. Now, you go back to that, that uh, survey or that, that study that, uh, that we talked about earlier, when those same 20s and 30-somethings were asked about, what do they think and perceive about Jesus? They all said, we respect him. It's the church they had, they had lost respect for. And we have a unique opportunity, not, not to be critical of any other churches, but we don't want to miss the opportunity here to be Jesus to this community. And, and each one of you are a big part of that. I want you to, I want you to re, listen as we read this verse. When we first came to this place, um, March the 30th, this was Robert's text that day, and it's, it comes from Ephesians 2, 19 through 22. It's one of my favorite passages in the New Testament. And I really, really like the way that Eugene Peterson's paraphrase of the message says it. So, so listen to this. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. 
with as much right to the name Christian as anyone because God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how he got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. What a beautiful, beautiful passage about the church. So uh, we want you to think about that day. Why don't you give these guys a hand as they make their way down for participating? Now, um, also as a church, you have an opportunity to be a part of things bigger than the local church. And we've got several partnerships that we're involved in um, um, that we've talked about many times. Um, one I want to tell you about is 200 Million Flowers, who this Sunday at 7.30 tonight uh, on K-Love and 94.7 radio, there's going to be about a 30-minute interview with them and what they're doing that's going to be played all over the Southeast. So it's a really, really powerful thing. So if you have an opportunity tonight at 7.30, 94.7, listen to that. That's 200 Million Flowers, the adoption agent we've been working on. But we also have partnered with um, Metamorphs Children's Home, and, and we just happen to have Saul Camacho here today. And I'm going to ask Saul to come up just to spend a very few minutes talking about a little bit about what they do and uh, also how important the local church has been as they've developed their ministry. Saul Camacho. I'm going to try to uh, tell you something a little bit about the children's home. I'm glad, I'm glad that as a church, you're finding your root in the Lord Jesus Christ. And now your next step is to go out there and uh, make more disciples. Uh, I'm a medical doctor. I uh, grew up at the children's home there in uh, Matamoros, Mexico. This children's home uh, is a uh, refuge for orphaned, neglected, and abused children in the country of Mexico. I met my wife when I, uh, when I got there to the children's home. Of course, at that time, she was a, a girl, too. Uh, neither, of, or at least in my uh, mind, never thought about uh, one day I'm going to marry this girl had the opportunity and the uh, blessing to uh, go to medical school, graduated as a medical doctor, thought about doing many things, but never thought about coming back and serve at the children's home. After I graduated and uh, God put us back together, uh, Maria and me, and got married, I started working uh, in a hospital for several years when the Lord impressed in our hearts that he wanted us to serve him there at the children's home. We've been the directors of the children's home since 1986 to this day. When we came uh, to be the directors of that home, we had only about uh, uh, 15 uh, children. To the present time, we have 206 children there. There was only three buildings. Now it's about 30 buildings that, that we have and house these children. These children are orphaned, many of them. Some others are uh, uh, abused in different ways. Some others are uh, neglected, families we do not have 
the resources to uh, provide for uh, their physical needs. We are a Christian ministry that try to provide not only for the physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of these children. What we try to do with this ministry is to train these children that come there to the home to become the missionary that our country needs. In the last uh, uh, 20 some years that my wife and I have been the directors of this home, the home has been able to plant around the country of Mexico about 40 churches. 33 children who have lived in the home at one point have grown up are in ministry full time. Mm. One of my dreams and the visions that God has given us is to use this ministry for that purpose, to reach out the country of Mexico and perhaps some other parts of the world too. But we need help. We need help. And I'm, I'm, I'm uh, taking this opportunity to challenge you as a church. I thank you because you have been involved with our ministry. You have been financially supporting our ministry. I don't know if you as a church know it, but I want you to know that you've been part of that ministry. You have sent people down there to help us with some work projects. But I want to challenge you today to continue uh, not only coming and sending people to help us there, which we need, but I want to challenge you to come and be the feet and the hand and the eyes of Jesus Christ there and help me to encourage these kids to go out and be the leaders, be the uh, ones that are taking the word into their different regions of Mexico. And also, if you want to be part of that ministry to help us and reach out the country, you are welcome. Dr. Scott and his family have been with me in the mountains of Hidalgo, serving the people there, providing medical care, but taking the word of God into those places. In many of these regions, they had never heard the word of Jesus. And we need to go and reach out the country of Mexico. Pray with us, send people, and help us to reach the country of Mexico. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for the opportunity. And God bless you as a church. And uh, you have a big responsibility, not only here in this place, but around the world. God bless you and thank you. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. We've already got another trip to uh, Metamorphs plan. Um, if you're interested in finding out more about that, see Scott McLeod over here in the turquoise, I guess. Uh, so uh, <laughs> he'll tell you all about it, and he'd love for you to, to participate with him. Why don't you pray with me? Um, we appreciate your attention today. Pray as, pray as we um, go into this next time. God, we just thank you that you love us so much. And, and Lord, we just pray today. That uh, as we've heard from these individuals, um, their hearts, that it has stirred up something inside of us individually and corporately as your body of believers. So that we want to leave this place and take Jesus with us in, into this community and the world and make it 
different and better because of what you've done for us. We just uh, are in awe of the sacrifice that you've made. And we're so thankful for it. In your name we pray. Amen.